Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Out of brochure and other material of interest to new inventors from the company whose patent referrals have helped secure more than 7,000 patents. Learn how to get this free information by dialing 1-800-315-2807. Even if you only have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll want this free inventor's information. It shows how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to industry. It's a free call, so dial 1-800-315-2807. That's 1-800-315-2807. Again, one 1- 800-315-2807. Now it's time for Culture Shocks. With your host, Barry Lynn. All right. Welcome to today's edition. This is Barry Lynn. Uh, we have spoken, I think, on this show to just about everybody who did a quick and dirty or quick and sometimes dirty and best-selling books about the 2007 and some would say and still counting financial crisis in the United States. But we're joined today by somebody who took a breath and wrote an extraordinary book about this, and he has the background to make it both accessible to us non-economists as well as uh, a fine story about the politics of all of it. It's called After the Music Stopped. It's written by Professor Alan Blinder. He is uh, the professor of economics and public affairs at Princeton University and, among other things, served as the vice chair of the Federal Reserve's Board of Governors in the mid-1990s, a member of President Bill Clinton's Council of Economics economic advisors. Professor Blinder, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Let, let me start with a couple things from the headlines. Um, the Dow is near record high. Is, uh, it fluctuates a little give and take over the last few days. The Standard & Poor's Index, uh, over 1,500, it recorded as a, a kind of celestial uh, event. Uh, in your view, what is the connection between where the Dow sits, and the strength of the U.S. economy, really? Well, where the stock market sits is based on investors' assessments of where, how the economy is likely to do in the near-term future. Those assessments are sometimes correct, <laughs> sometimes incorrect. Um, I, you know, nobody ever knows. Markets go up or go down, and you often don't know why. Uh, my hunch is that a lot of this 
um, recent rally is due to the fact that we didn't go off the fiscal cliff uh-huh. and things just look a bit better. Not only did we not go off the fiscal cliff, the debt ceiling crisis is postponed at least till May, and the latest noises out of the Republicans suggest they'll just keep postponing it and not actually force right. the crisis to happen. Right. That's very good news to the uh, markets. And I guess the other thing I would say, Barry, in, in um, pointing to the stock market euphoria, let's remember that we're only climbing back just now yes. to the levels the stock market had achieved before Lehman crashed. Yeah, and it does put it in perspective to remind people of that. Um, another thing people have seen earlier this week, uh, three major uh, CEOs or high-level officials at uh, places that receive bailout help uh, get uh, allegedly, or actually I, I think it's fair to say, excessive uh, compensation packages in 2012 in violation of the Treasury's own guidelines, but agreed to by the then, and I think she still is, the Tarpezar. Now, my question is, this irritates people no end. It bothers you, it bothers me, it bothers liberals and conservatives, but is this compensation issue in a sense, a camouflage for other deeper problems. Should we be outraged some, but then really look deeper for bigger outrages? There are many bigger outrages. Now, I don't know the facts of these particular cases, whether they actually – the Treasury says they didn't violate the guidelines and the, the uh, SIGTOP, the special invest, uh, the invest, sorry, inspector general yeah. says they did. They, uh, right. That will get adjudicated in some form. I, I don't know. But the general point is that people have a right, a perfect right. It's very understandable why they should be angry that some of these people are making a lot of money, having uh, uh, practically tanked their companies and practically tanked the economy. That's mm-hmm. very understandable. Sure. Uh, the, the big problem with pay that I, as an economist, see is not so much its magnitude, although sometimes they seem obscene, but the structure of the pay that in many cases encourages excessive risk-taking. Let me give you a simple example. All right. Back in the day of the, the bad old days of the uh, mortgage boom, especially in subprime mortgages, many mortgage brokers were getting paid. In fact, it was typical just for volume, get people to sign on the dotted line. And, in fact, they got paid more for dodgier mortgages because there were more fees entitled, uh, uh-huh. attached to those mortgages. Their pay was not linked at all to whether people could actually afford these mortgages and make good on their commitment. That's right. And, that, and so what does that encourage? That encourages these people to go out and sign everybody who can walk and breathe. Actually, you don't have to walk. No, you don't. You're sitting in a chair. You could sit in a chair, and you could even have some assistance at breathing with yeah, one of those machines. Yeah, you could be on a long machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is just a terrible incentive. Well, now, this uh, is a, it's, a good, it's good that you mention that because uh, it, it may be not only a problem that was deep and, and, in fact, is more significant than the actual level of compensation for some of these CEOs, and other high-ranking officials, but it also suggests, I mean, you're starting to see uh, mortgages being offered. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I don't get as many as I used to, but uh, I'm getting more of these uh, mortgages that I would say are somewhere between the sketchy and the downright corrupt. Uh, so have we learned anything? Maybe we haven't learned anything from all of this, and, and, and those people are still out selling in volume to people who cannot 
ultimately pay. I think we've learned some, and it's better than it was, but it's not where it should be. Uh, we, you, know, you remember during the crisis, the, one of the worst forms of loans became uh, known as ninja loans. That's just <laughs> yeah. a no income, no job, and no assets. <laughs> right. Now, uh, as I say in the book, you don't have to know a lot about banking to realize that the correct number of ninja loans is zero. Yes. They should never be ninja loans. We don't have ninja loans anymore, but, you know, they could come back because people forget. And you're starting to see some of this um, uh, what should I call it? Irrational exuberance. Yeah. <laughs> beginning to return. I mean, you started with the stock market sure. when you see it, and you're starting to see it in some of the other aspects of the financial system. You know, that's why when I close the book with um, ten, ten commandments, commandments, ten financial yep. commandments, I put first. It wasn't an accident that it came first. <laughs> is thou shalt remember that people forget. <laughs> and, you know, we do. We humans do forget. Well, we, we not only forget, but one of the other commandments uh, talks about l- literally uh, making this accessible to average people, all of what we're about to talk about. And when you look, I mean, I, I just was on the front page, for example, of the CNBC, and I pick on them a little bit, but it's just because it's accessible and a lot of people look at it. And I literally saw one day a group of projections up in one corner, uh, of course, all contradictory about the shape of the future economy. And then down in the bottom, a little story about Chinese astrologers who were apparently using entrails uh, to make projections about the Chinese economy. Uh, when you see this diversity, and not necessarily between entrails and economists in the U.S., but economists who have wildly different views about everything from gold to the market to the future recovery, no wonder people are confused. Uh, absolutely. And look, there's an, there's an old wise adage that says one thing you should never predict is the future. Uh, it's, uh, it's hard enough to get the past right. You know, the reason I wrote this book is to try to get the past right. Yes. There are tremendous confusions and misperceptions of what actually happened. Uh, and that's hard enough. When you come to looking far ahead, especially if it's really far ahead, you, you see some people that are forecasting 5, 10, 20 years down the road. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just guessing. No, absolutely. Uh, guessing, and uh, sometimes there's a Ph.D. attached and sometimes not. Yeah. And, and you're right. And after the music stopped, the book that we're talking about just came out this week. I mean, there's a lot of confusion. We'll try to sort all of this out just between what was done in the Bush years, the Troubled Assets Relief Program, or TARP, and, and this American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, the, the so-called Stimulus Act of, uh, of Barack Obama. We're going to take a little break. When we come back with Professor Alan Blinder, uh, former uh, vice chair of the uh, Federal Reserve and also on President Clinton's Council of Economic Advisors, now back at Princeton University, uh, we're going to find out what he thinks would have happened if there had been no bailouts, there had been no TARP. If we had let critics on the left and the right who said an element of capitalism includes the possibility of total failure, so we should let them go. We'll find out what Professor Blinder thinks would have happened if we had listened to those voices instead of having everybody come together in a kumbaya moment. John McCain, Barack Obama, and past TARP. We'll be back for more right here on Culture Shocks. Now back to Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn on the Genesis Communication Network. 
Our nation's founders believed that all Americans have the right to worship according to their own beliefs or not to worship at all. So strong was their commitment to religious freedom that they enshrined it in the first sentence of the Bill of Rights. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We call this constitutional guarantee the first freedom. Religion is deeply personal, and Americans must be free to practice without coercion. There must be a separation of church and state. We are on the verge of losing this fundamental freedom. You may wonder, what can I do? The answer is simple. Do what our founders did. Sign your name to a very important document, the First Freedom First Petition. Go to www.firstfreedomfirst.org and sign it today. By standing together, we can send a powerful message to our elected officials. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. In an emergency situation, would you drink contaminated water? You could if you had the amazing LifeStraw from MyPatriotSupply.com. LifeStraw is the most advanced personal water filter available today. It filters contaminated water from almost any source. LifeStraw is lightweight and compact, perfect for hiking, camping, or in an emergency like a flood. LifeStraw is easy to clean, comes with a one-year warranty, and has been used worldwide since 2005. Get the amazing LifeStraw personal water filter at MyPatriotSupply.com. Plus, check out Survival Seed Vault, 20 seed varieties for only $37.95, Tatler canning lids, long-term storable foods as low as $69.95, and much more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Enjoy stress-free shipping on all orders over $49. Call 866-229-0927 or visit MyPatriotSupply.com. That's 866-229-0927, MyPatriotSupply.com. For emergency preparedness, self-reliance, and food independence. Injuries, slow healing, aches and pains, constipation, weakness, fatigue are all common the older one gets. The progressive deterioration of the body that occurs almost universally the older one gets can partly to significantly be prevented with conscientious attention to nutrition. If the Hansa men can play rugby in their 90s, then it is possible for everyone in North America to experience a more youthful life as well. One key ingredient to warding off aging and reversing some of it is the type and quality of protein consumed. All protein foods or supplements you currently 
currently consume are heat damaged, destroying 50 to 75% of your ability to utilize the bodybuilding amino acids. One World Way is not heat damaged and allows your body to utilize 100% of the amino acids. This feat no one else has achieved. The results to your health can be amazing. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. We are back right here on Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn, and we're with uh, world-class economist uh, Alan Blinder, now at Princeton, but he had served in President uh, Clinton's Council of Economic Advisors, was the vice chairman of the Federal Reserve's Board of Governors in the mid-'90s, out with a brand-new book called After the Music Stopped. Okay, when the music stops and things start to crash and layman crashes and all of a sudden we're threatened with the possibility of a, not only a U.S. financial collapse, but a world collapse. There were people on the left and the right who said, look, uh, capitalism is a system that can fail, just like any individual company can fail. Maybe we should let the bad apples rot, not bail them out. If that had happened, what would have happened to the U.S. economy? Well, I hate to even think about it. Um we saw a little bit of the answer. Of course, we have we live in a different world uh, now than we did then in 1929, 30, 31, yep. 32, till Roosevelt became president. That was a caricature, but it's largely what the U.S. did. Just let it um, fall yep. because these people deserved it, and it was pretty bad. So it wasn't very surprising that Ben Bernanke, a student of that period, by the way, was mm-hmm. a scholar. Uh, sitting in his office at the Fed, was not at all eager, far from it, to let that happen again. Uh, he had famously apologized years before to Milton Friedman, while Milton Friedman <laughs> right. was still alive, for the Fed's <laughs> mistakes in the 1930s. <laughs> well, uh, it may have been too little, uh, never too late, I guess. Okay, TARP, though, this uh, Troubled Assets Relief Program, everybody eventually coalesced around, including the two presidential candidates. What was it originally in design to do, and then how, as your book describes, was its purpose altered? How did it morph? And did it look like a bait-and-switch to you, or was it actually a bait-and-switch for all of America? Uh, It definitely looked like a bait-and-switch, and and in part it was a bait-and-switch. Let me explain. The name, TARP, Troubled Assets Relief Program, The idea, which was written into the law, first of all, sold to Congress on the second try. You may remember it went down on the first vote. Sold to Congress as a program under which the Secretary of the Treasury would use a huge amount of money, uh, up to $700 billion were appropriated for this purpose, to buy troubled assets. So what did that mean? That basically meant mortgages and securities based on mortgages, MBS and other things, mortgage-backed securities, right. MBS, and other things, even more complicated securities. But if you read the law, it says that. But then it has this clause. At one point, I actually knew the number of the clause, but I've forgotten it by now. That says basically, and anything else the Secretary of the Treasury deems necessary mm. to promote financial stability. Mm. Okay. So we have three categories, mortgages, Securities based on mortgages and etc. Yes. Uh, Hank Paulson, 
decides to use 100% of the money that he used. Now, a lot of it was left to Tim Geithner in the right. Obama administration for et cetera. He didn't spend one single dollar on buying mortgages. No. He didn't spend one single dollar on buying MBS or any of these other securities. What he did is use it to essentially provide capital, infuse capital into banks. Yeah. Yeah. Needy banks and also some unneedy banks that were more or less forced to take it. That was one of my big pet peeves. Why are we wasting it on banks that don't even want it or don't even need it? But many banks did want it and did need it. And look, I don't mean to say it's a dumb idea. It wasn't a dumb idea. These banks did need capital, and some of them were in danger of crumbling if they didn't get it. And by the way, in the end, as you probably know, the government got all this back with a tidy profit. So it wasn't a horrible program. But what about the troubled assets? What about the bait and switch? I'm old-fashioned enough to think that when you go to Congress and say, I really could use $700 billion for this purpose, you ought to use it for that purpose. No, of it's course. It's a really different purpose. No, absolutely. And uh, you say in the book, uh, this was, of course, a program that was originally scheduled, and this was a huge fight in itself, $700 billion. You say it cost the taxpayers about nothing in the end. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, didn't banks... Uh, profit in other ways? Didn't they get extraordinary other kinds of reliefs in borrowing, for example? I mean, they, they get to the window first with cheaper rates. I mean, it wasn't that they had no benefit and they just paid everything back and we should just think of doing this all the time. No, no, we certainly should not think of doing this all the time. And you're 100% correct. They got access, not through the top, but through the Federal Reserve, the yep. banks, to a very cheap money. Yep. Uh, lending. So, you know, there was an insolvency problem, there was an illiquidity problem. The banks had to stay liquid, uh, otherwise they were not going to be functioning as banks. So, yes, they did benefit from that. And one of the things, one of the many things that got people mad is already by 2010, so the top is doling out its money in 2008, 2009, mm -hmm. already by 2010, these banks are back making profits, yep. and their executives are getting very handsome pay packages. And the taxpayers looking at this and say, you know, didn't we bail you out? Uh, you yep. know, you can understand why people were angry. Well, no, and there are also yeah. some of those people are looking at their own home mortgages or their small businesses, and they're wondering why Bank of America, uh, beneficiary of the largesse of the taxpayers, yep. all of a sudden is not helping those individual mortgages because, as you pointed out a few minutes ago, that's not what the TARP funding was about. Was it all the politics and the politicking of the big banks that made it impossible for people, including some real liberal senators and Barney Frank, to actually pass this without any requirement that monies be directly used, any percentage be devoted to mortgage relief directly? Yeah, I, you, first of all, you're correct that there was no such percentage provided in the law. Right. Paulson was entirely within his legal rights to set that percentage to zero. I don't think it was a good judgment, but there was nothing at all illegal about it. Now, I wasn't in the cloakrooms and all when they were arguing about this, but I think, I mean, I know one of the considerations, and it makes sense, is that in a fast-moving uh, crisis where things are falling apart in all different directions mm -hmm. and often in unforeseen ways, you don't want to tie the Secretary of the Treasury's hands and say, this is all you can do. All that said, 
given the total $700 billion, it's hard to imagine that could have been much harm done by saying you've got to use at least $100 billion of this to yep. mitigate foreclosures. It almost, you wouldn't want to tell them the whole 700. No, but it's almost that, good politics, isn't it, to say that? Because then you can go to your constituents and say, uh, this, by the way, a big chunk of this is going to help you directly, which they couldn't yeah. say. And a, lo- a, a minority of politicians felt that way. Yeah. But a lot of them felt that their constituents were going to be extremely displeased by taking their hard-earned taxpayer money and, well, I think people would have thought doling it out, it really would have been lending it on favorable terms, to deadbeats that got themselves into mortgages that they never should have gotten themselves into. Indeed. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, rejoin the conversation with Professor Alan Blinder, the author of the new book, After the Music Stopped. This is very accessible. And it's got the advantage of a bit of hindsight uh, that perhaps was missing in some of the very early looks at what happened in 2008 and beyond. We'll be back for more right here on Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn. Culture Shocks with Barry Lynn is heard on the Genesis Communication Network. Every month, Americans United for Separation of Church and State publishes an award-winning magazine called Church and State. It exposes efforts by the so-called religious right to eat away at the core principles of religious freedom. Should your tax dollars fund expensive private religious schools and cut back funding for your local public schools? Should government bureaucrats get back in the business of writing unity prayers for your children to recite at school? Should we teach good, solid science or replace it with religious messages? about intelligent design? Should special interest groups force your school library to take popular books from the Harry Potter series to Judy Bloom novels off the shelves? These are the issues explored every month in Church and State magazine. To learn more, go to www.au.org. Americans United fights to protect and promote the constitutional principle of church-state separation. For more information, please call us at 1-800-875-3707. Do you owe the IRS money that you can't pay? Are tax liens and levies ruining your life? Are you tired of being afraid just to go to the mailbox? If this describes you, then Dan Pilla can help. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been solving tax problems for more than 30 years. In fact, I wrote the book that made it possible to negotiate settlements with the IRS, and I've helped thousands of people do exactly that. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. New changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever before eliminate their debts once and for all. There's no need for you to suffer another day with IRS debt. Call 800-346-6829. I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. In this unpredictable world, disaster can strike anyone. That's why an essential part of any emergency survival plan must be stove in a can. 
When power goes out and gas lines are down, the portable, safe, easy-to-use stove in a can cooks food up to four hours and boils water in as little as five minutes. Stove in a can comes with everything you need. The stove, fuel, even waterproof matches, all in a compact, durable, heavy-duty container. Plus, the all-natural, non-explosive, 100% waterproof fuel source can be stored indefinitely. Say goodbye to the hassle and danger of propane, lighter fluid, or gas. Stock up now and protect your family with Stove in a Can, starting out at $29.99. Special bundle offers now available with a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Order yours today at StoveInACan.com. That's StoveInACan.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption, of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. All right, we are back right here on Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn. We're talking to Professor Alan Blinder, uh, formerly of, of the Fed and of uh, the Economic uh, President Clinton's Council of Economic Advisors, now out with a new book after the music stopped. So uh, in 2009, the budget deficit is 10% of the gross domestic product. Last week, I think a new review came out. It said it's close to 12 now. And, of course, the debt numbers just appear to be absolutely staggering. And a lot of... Everyday people say, even if they don't know anything about economics, they say this cannot be continued. Can it? Or are we literally a hair's breadth away from becoming Greece and riots in the street? Or, or maybe another way to formulate the question, if the debt is this high, why aren't there riots in the streets already? Ah, so that may be a hint that the deficit is not as high as it's made out to be. Yeah. It's a huge number if you just look at the, a number like $16 trillion and, you know, it takes your breath away. Sure. Uh, but uh, it needs to be put into perspective uh, in several ways. First of all, a lot of that debt is owned by other parts of the government. So it's mm. one hand, it's the left hand owing the right hand. Right. It's part of the same body. Yep. So that's, you'd like to really look at the net debt, what the government as a whole owes to the rest of the world, Indeed. including the citizens of the United States. Right. That's a much smaller number. Secondly, it is coming down, not going up. It was 10% of GDP in 2009, as you said, but it's down to, I'm not exactly sure, it's closer to 7% of GDP now. Okay. That's still too much. Okay. We're adding too much debt on top of the debt we have. But the analog to the riots in the streets for America would be riots in the bond market, uh, which would mean investors, both domestic investors and foreign investors, 
kind of going on strike and saying, you know, you Americans, you've issued so much debt, yeah. we're worried about it, we're not buying it anymore. Right. We're seeing exactly the opposite. Yep. The financial markets are clamoring for more and more and more Treasury debt. At the short end, as you know, uh, so-called Treasury bills that only yep. have duration of a month or three months or something, the interest rate's essentially zero. That's right. At the long end, it's, up, it's quote, up to about 2%. We had gone down to about one and a half percent. Now, quote, up to two percent. Think about that. The, the inflation rate over the next ten to thirty years is probably going to be two percent, or you know, it's anybody's guess. But sure. Staying over the horizon that long, uh, but uh, if you look at market expectations, it's two percent plus. That means that in purchasing power terms, those two percent bond rates are negative in real terms. People are mm -hmm. actually paying us. That's right to bond. Paying the U.S. Yep. Treasury. Uh, to borrow from the U.S. Yep. Treasury. So we're not anywhere close to running out of borrowing capacity. But it is true that trillion-dollar-a-year deficits, which is about where we are now, though mm -hmm. coming down, are too large to be sustainable indefinitely. If we... If the focus, as it is from a lot of political people, is on just that one number, and of course they play it and they try to win elections with it, and then at the same time they say, oh, by the way, uh, of course we, we, this means we have to cut more government programs, more government spending, whether it's defense or non-defense. And you just see uh, just, just uh, yesterday a blip where uh, the, the fourth quarter numbers don't look uh, nearly as good. I think there's a, a 0.1% decline in growth in, in the last quarter, uh, and they expected maybe a 1%. I mean, this is, this is one tiny snapshot, but um, at some point, don't people realize that if you buy a refrigerator yourself or the federal government buys that refrigerator, it's still good for the refrigerator manufacturers, and it's more likely than not going to lead to at least hiring one more refrigerator technician. It's all the same money. Absolutely correct. It's a great frustration to a lot of us economists, especially those of us that still call themselves Keynesians, yes. after the great British economist, uh, that people don't understand that or, or, or being talked out of it maybe is the right way. I mean, one of my pet peeves of the last several years was uh, the Speaker of the House, John Boehner, and others, yeah. kept talking about job-killing government spending. Right. Now, you may think it's a dumb idea for the government to buy a refrigerator. That's fair. Let's yeah. argue about what it should buy, what it shouldn't buy. But how in the world, as you just said, Barry, could buying a refrigerator kill jobs? Exactly. Someone's manufacturing this refrigerator. Yeah, I mean, what is, what is it that we're missing, that is, we the American people, that we can listen to Boehner and, and half of us go, yeah, he's got to be right. Even, I mean, it's similar to the, we're overregulated. Well, what is the overregulation? Give me an example. Well, there are so many of them, but, you know, it's very hard to get anybody to actually uh, monetize or put into concrete numbers what a specific regulation does or doesn't cost. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, why do we get fooled all the time? I think there are two answers. There are probably many more than two, but <laughs> two come to mind. One is that, as you know, we Americans, and this includes you and I and everybody, more or less, are basically believers in a small government government. You hear a lot of screaming about big government, uh, but nobody actually defends. When's the last time you heard anyone say, we should have a big government? Right, exactly. Um, 
in, you know, in our rhetoric and in our ideology, we're uh, Jeffersonians. Fortunately, when it comes to actually taking action, we're Hamiltonians, and we actually <laughs> do things. Yeah. Uh, you could argue not enough. You could argue too much. But, you know, there's a, there's a, we all have an inner Thomas Jefferson of course. that is worried about being uh, uh, subjugated to a big government. In addition to that, something Jefferson probably never thought about, because there weren't any in those days. Well, now I take it back. There had been from the Revolutionary War, is a government budget deficit. Mm-hmm. Americans have always thought deficits are horrible. Yep. That it's a, that it's both immoral and inadvisable to pile up debt. Forgetting about things like, well, the economy keeps getting bigger and bigger every year, so isn't it okay to have more debt? Just as uh, 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 bigger companies sure. have more debt on their books, but people forget about that. And at the level of ideology, so this is our Thomas Jefferson's, mm-hmm. we are dead set against deficits. And always have been. You can see polling on this. Oh, sure. Let's back to the 1930s during the Depression, showing the same thing. But coming back to Hamilton, when, America, when the pollsters then ask in more depth, okay, what taxes would you like to see go up or what spending would you yeah. like to see cut? The only thing that gets a majority vote is foreign aid. That's right, which is a fraction of the budget. Oh, tiny. You're talking about 1% of spending or something like yeah. that. Yeah, we don't yep. like deficits. We're against them, but we don't know what to cut, and we don't certainly don't want to raise taxes on anybody. I mean, that's what the public opinion polls show. But we not only ignore businesses, don't we ignore our own lives? We, You know, people say, well, I balance my checkbook. Why can't the government? They forget that they have car payments. They have made capital investments, including in their own home. Right. They are, and, and the mortgages uh, played out are vastly higher as a, a debt than their income will ever be. Correct. I mean, people do forget that. It's amazing, actually, that they, they draw these false analogies to a family's finances. Now, there are families that have no debt at all. The mortgage oh, sure. paid off, the cars. But, you know, you know and I know most Americans are not in that position. No. No, they certainly are not, and uh, they're not likely to be. They might think they are. It's, it's, it's the same kind of uh, enthusiasm that's where people think, well, I'm not a millionaire now, but I don't want to tax millionaires because I might be tomorrow. Like, they also might win. They might win uh, the lottery or perhaps just really have a good day at the races. We're going to be back with uh, Professor Alan Blinder in a minute. The new book is After the Music Stopped. When we come back, we're going to figure out this. Uh, you, we've all heard the phrase, too big to fail. The banks were too big to fail. Uh, we had to help them out in some cases, whether they wanted it or not. But let us say the economic upturn became a downturn and we had to consider doing this again are we still under existing law obligated to take these too big to fail institutions and help them out again if they're too big to fail maybe we could break them up that and other ideas when we return right here on culture shocks i'm barry lynn and we're talking to professor alan blinder The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. Our nation's founders believed that all Americans have the right to worship according to their own beliefs or not to worship at all. 
So strong was their commitment to religious freedom that they enshrined it in the first sentence of the Bill of Rights. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. We call this constitutional guarantee the first freedom. Religion is deeply personal, and Americans must be free to practice without coercion. There must be a separation of church and state. We are on the verge of losing this fundamental freedom. You may wonder, what can I do? The answer is simple. Do what our founders did. Sign your name to a very important document, the First Freedom First Petition. Go to www.firstfreedomfirst.org and sign it today. By standing together, we can send a powerful message to our elected officials. Food storage? Check. Survival tools? Check. Weapons and water filters? Check. But what about a permanent source of cooking power that can run forever without buying fuel or paying for maintenance? Introducing Afterburner Stoves, home of the original patented rocket stove, the Kelly Kettle, and the Solo Stove. Afterburner Stoves has what you need and now offers all GCN listeners our complete preparedness package with the means to cook meals and sanitize water. Whether you dig in or bug out, cook almost any meal with just a handful of sticks. We already have the lowest online prices guaranteed. Guaranteed. But if you enter coupon code GCN at checkout, we'll knock off an additional 15% and send you our amazing six-hour solar rechargeable light bulb absolutely free, all for only $249. Visit AfterburnerStoves.com or call 866-716-5214, 866-716-5214, AfterburnerStoves.com. Cook hot meals with just a handful of sticks. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker a little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com.
right, we are back and wrapping up today's conversation with Professor Alan Blinder. The book is After the Music Stop, The Financial Crisis, The Response, and The Work Ahead. If Bank of America got in trouble again, uh, you know, and in some days it looks like it might, is it accurate to say it already has a bailout guarantee? It's still viewed as too big to fail. Not quite, and let me tell you, maybe I should leave out the quite and just say no. Okay. But let me give you some qualifications. All right. Um, one of the major uh, innovations put into the Financial Reform Act, the Dodd-Frank Act that passed in the summer of 2010, has the wonkish name orderly liquidation procedure. What does that mm. mean? That means if a too-big-to-fail institution gets into serious trouble, so it looks like failure is a serious possibility. Think of Lehman in uh, August 2008, before it went under. The government can step in and basically take over the institution and put it to bed quietly and in an orderly way, rather than just say, as we did with Lehman, go to bankruptcy court. Right. And settle it there. This is potential. So, in your hypothetical, if the Bank of America, which is not in that kind of condition now, should get into that kind of condition, it would be a prime candidate to test this new procedure. Now, we'll only know how well it works when we actually do it. Of course. We sure hope we're not going to be doing it anytime soon. But what? But Dodd Frank was very clear that too big to fail, as we knew it in 2008-2009 is over. These, uh, among other things, these institutions, certainly including Bank of America mm-hmm. and others, have to file what are now called living wills with the <laughs> <Right>. authorities. <laughs> it's uh, ironic. I mean, you yeah. and I, well, I don't know about you. Yeah. I have a living of will course, about I my health care. Um, so many people do. But these living wills are basically about unraveling the legal complexities and how could we dismantle and um, lay to rest your company if we had to. And the companies have to file these with the regulators. Yep. And, uh, again, not tested. It's never been tested. tested. But but, uh, it's it's there. Uh, Do you think that political will exists uh, on the Republican side of the aisle to – undo some of the reforms of the Dodd-Frank bill, which is modest to start with? Oh, I think it's very clear. It's not just I think. They've said so. Many Republicans have said so. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if the Republicans had 60 votes in the Senate and controlled the House as they now do, it would be repealed. They would do it. Yeah, they'd probably leave some of it. I hope they'd leave what we were just talking about. Exactly. Because even they were against these huge bailouts. Of course. But there's many, many more things in Dodd-Frank that would indeed be repealed if the Republicans could yeah. do it. Uh, let's say if I walked into your class at Princeton and uh, the, the, the first day, and I, I just wanted you to explain one thing to me. I want you to tell me what what is a hedge fund. You say in the book that it has perhaps been given a worse rap than, than these things deserve. But, but what is a hedge fund? And there's a reason I'm asking this. Yeah. Uh, what is a hedge fund? This would be a very hard question for a freshman to ask me. Hmm. Uh, and the reason it's so hard is that hedge fund has to do with the legal organization. These are often organized as offshore companies yeah. with limited numbers of sophisticated investors. You have to have a certain level of 
net wealth and sophistication to get into a hedge fund. Uh, that's about, but that's all about legal stru uh, structure. It says nothing about what they do. And the Fed, I don't know, Fed. The complicated truth is they do everything you can imagine. Some hmm. of them are taking very, very risky bets on all kinds of things. Right. Name it: foreign currency, timber, stocks, yeah. gold. Uh, and some of them are pursuing very safe strategies. You know, uh, when I was a bank regulator back in the mid '90s, I had said only half in jest that the one regulation I want to put on them is if they call themselves a hedge fund, they actually hedge. Uh, <laughs> a, some of them do. Yeah, as but opposed many of them to just don't. They risk. Very risky uh, position. So, so the, I think my answer to this hypothetical uh, freshman would be: it's an investment vehicle with a relatively small number of rich invest, mostly rich investors. Oh, and by the way, lots of institutions like pension funds, yeah. college endowments. Uh, doing every kind of financial investment you can imagine. So the reason I ask you about this hypothetical Princeton, you know, Princeton, it's a hard place to get into, freshman, is I wonder what percentage of members of the House of Representatives could an answer the very same question. They talk about it or people put it into speeches or they, have, they, they might say something about it, but does the Congress understand this? Did they understand derivatives? Did they even know what these things are, then or now? I think a few people. A few. Did, uh, I've been very sad, although I understand he has his own personal life, to see Barney Frank leave the Congress. Yeah. He, he understood this stuff very, very well. Yep. When he was chairman of the Finance Committee, he was a very, very good chairman. And there are some others, but most people, like most Americans, most people in Congress, like most Americans, have minimal understanding of hedge funds and have almost no understanding of derivatives. Right. But, of course, I guess the deeper question is, do they understand half of what you're writing about and after the music stopped? In other words, I mean, I know members of Congress are busy and they have to have pictures taken with the 4-H, and we all understand that. But, on the other hand, they are responsible. Whether you're on the banking committee or not, you have to vote. And some of these votes are very close. How, how are they getting their information? From Chinese astrologers? <laughs> I think they're, in fact, getting it from the staff. Yeah. Uh, if you're on the banking committee, but, you know, you're also on four other committees. Of so you course. have to know about Afghanistan and yep. you have to know about water resources and so <laughs> on. You've got staff people, and, and you're probably going to be relying on them very, very heavily for your, uh, for your information and, and for, you know, how you should vote on this issue. Sure. And, and then, of course, there are the party whips. Of course. That uh, try to whip you into line, saying this is the position of our party, you've got to be with us. Exactly. And whether the whips or their staff understands it or not, there is an ideological uh, position that sometimes supersedes all the data you could possibly come up with. Let me ask you one other a political question here. Do you think that when Barack Obama became president of the United States, TARP had been passed, he had supported it, John McCain had supported it, now he's the president. Was he prepared to be an economic president, or was he, in a sense, so uh, woefully unprepared for that piece of his job that he had to turn to people like Lawrence Summers, Tim Geithner, people who have been accused, again, by the left, right, and even the center of having helped collapse the economy or nearly do so in the first place? Did he have to turn to that expertise? 
I think, I mean, you named a few names. He could have picked other names, but I think he needed a lot of expertise, and he needed expertise that had, in particular, some substantial familiarity with financial crises and how you deal with them and so on. He had the advantage of being a very smart man. This is a mm-hmm. high IQ president right. who's a quick learner. But nothing in his background, if you think about his biography prior to becoming president, prepared him for anything remotely close to the economic uh, near catastrophe, or you might call it a catastrophe, sure. that he had to provide o- preside over. So, yes, he did need uh, advisors of that sort, uh, needed them very much. Yeah. Uh- uh, we've, of course, been talking and ridiculing the idea of making long-term projections. But when, when you look at the history of this period, as you've done and after the music stopped, and you think, uh, here's the play, here's the election results, uh, here's what the conversation in Congress and uh, to some degree in the public is about these days, does this give you some level of comfort, or uh, are you, do, do you often wake up in the middle of the night and say, you know, it could all happen again? Well, I, it depends what you mean by it. I think something as big and comprehensive and horrific as what happened in 2008 is extremely unlikely mm-hmm. to happen again. But I do worry, as I said, uh, I think right early on, about people forgetting. Of course. And the longer we go without uh, any scary crises, the more people will forget. The riskier positions they'll allow allow themselves to take, the less the regulators will, on the ground level, will pay close attention. They're paying quite close attention now. Exactly. Not an imminent uh, danger. But people will forget. People yep. will do reckless things in the future, just as they've done in the past. Indeed, and, uh, and forgetting is the first step to making those errors again. Professor Blinder, thank you so much. Alan Blinder has been with us for this hour. The book is After the Music Stopped. A look at the financial crisis and what we did and what we still could do to make sure that this doesn't happen again. That does it for today's edition of Culture Shocks. I'm Barry Lynn. We will talk again. This edition of Culture Shocks has been produced by Diane Robinson, engineered by Dwayne Davis, and the Genesis Communication Network technical staff. Visit us online at cultureshocks.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237.
Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. You're on board KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. Like a battlefield, there's a battle for the soul of America. We can't let him tear the kingdom down. This is no game. This is war. Flesh and blood. It's between the bad and good. We can't stop until the trumpet sound. This is war. Not a game we're playing. This is war. The only question is, which side will you be on? It's time now for a call to decision with Pastor Butch Paul. Satan's armies come to kill. This is Hello and welcome, my friends. This is Pastor Butch Paul, the 31st day of January 2013. Folks, we had the first month of a new year under our belts. Hard to believe, in it? It is already flying by when you started. But anyway, welcome to the broadcast tonight. I tell you what, today in the office was absolutely stupendous. Busier than a three-legged cat trying to cover. I mean, it was already going down the tube. I mean, as far as uh, we, we, we just took off at a dead run about 9 o'clock and did not stop. We got to finally get out of the office about 5 o'clock, all of us. And I'm, I'm still not finished with mine. That's okay. We got a bunch of new callers calling in. We, we, we got a, 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 a lot of pleasurable conversation with everybody out there that listens to the program. Got a chance to maybe hope be a blessing to you. But thank you all so much for being there. I do sincerely mean that. I would ask, please, don't forget that as of tomorrow, we start paying airtime for February. Please don't forget this if you could. Please don't forget this financially and keep this thing going. We're really struggling to keep it going, folks. I hope we're a blessing to you. I mean that. By the way, our guest we're going to have on tonight, the Attorney General right here from the state of West Virginia, cannot make tonight. So tonight, you and I are going to talk. If you don't mind, please pull up a chair if you if you can, or if you're driving down the highway, turn the radio up and listen. Be careful. Don't try to do too many things at once while you're driving, but just pay attention. I want to talk to you while it's very important. So please bear with us tonight, okay? Very important uh, uh, information, and I guess you can say a little message I want to bring to you. I hope you will, will not forget that and pay attention. I really do. But now we also we're out making a special for the month. A lady called Dave from Michigan named Janice, who was bragging on our seminars and the books I've written. I'm going to make you a deal, and, and I'm going to get in trouble. I always do. With Marsha and Crystal and Judy, you say, you're giving this stuff away. You're not paying the bills here. Well, <laughs> they're really all right about that. I'm sure they are. 
but I want to get the stuff in your hands. Now, this is what I'm going to do, so pay attention. All three, I've written three books. Uh, Death, Death Mask on America, Blow the Trumpet and Zion, This Far and No Further. Three books. They're not, they're not huge books. They're not dull. But I'll, I will send you all three books for a donation of $15. Now, folks, they cost us more than $5 a piece, believe me. Death Mask on America, uh, Blow the Trumpet and Zion, and this far, no further. You don't have to remember the title. Just say, send me Pastor Butcher's books. If you can send a donation, 15 bucks, going to send them to you. All seven of the seminars. We had seven of them. They preached everybody being the first one. The last one is a homecoming. All seven seminars. Oh, they're going to kill me for this one. They're going to kill me for this one. $35. Five bucks a piece. And I'm in trouble, trouble, trouble. But if you call... And let us know you want them. And, and if you have any, any questions, uh, just ask them. Or just write to us here. If you don't have the address, call tomorrow at 800-777-4403. Give Lisa your, uh, get her address and send a check for 35 uh, for, for the DVDs, whatever, and, and 15 for all three books. Or if you want them all together, of course, be 50 bucks covered all. And I, I know I'm going, to, I'm going to get in trouble, I promise. But I want to do that for you. I mean that. So if you want tomorrow, if you'll write to us and get out one of these things, I want you to have them. I truly do. Now, don't be biased about asking. Come on, do that, okay? We want you to have these DVDs and, uh, and books. I mean that. 50 bucks cover them all. How's that for a deal? Back at the break. There's a lot to talk about tonight. And, of course, as always, your phone call bomb the air with your comments. Folks, we love you all so much. And I mean that. Don't go away. Satan's army roams the land, seeking souls of fallen men. Hi folks, Pastor Butch here. Just a brief update to fill you in on the great success I've had using Dr. Wallach's Longevity products. They have much improvement problems with the type 2 diabetes. And I'm very excited to let you know also that by using these fantastic products, especially Neon Tangy Tangerine and ASAP, I have lost an additional 30 pounds. I reached a weight loss goal that I strive for over 20 years. My friends, you can believe me when I tell you that by using the Yongevity products, you can reach your health care goals. And what's also exciting is the fact that you can help yourselves financially by coming a distributor and telling your friends about the good news of using Yongevity. To find out more, go to PastorButchTeam.com or call 855-828-8326. That's PastorButchTeam.com. Or 855-828-TEAM. That's 855-828-8326. You will be glad you did. You've come to expect winter specials from Herbal Healer Academy. And we're not going to let you down. Battle through cold and flu season with powerful natural and safe flu fighters. Antivirals like olive leaf extract capsules and elderberry power. Vitamin D3, 180 caps, only $9. Beta-glucans and an incredible immune system booster. Our own four-herb tea capsules and Respa 8, all specially priced during the winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. Also, exclusive homeopathic detoxes for lungs, kidneys, liver, whole body, and lymph are on sale. Herbal Healer Academy offers correspondence courses to teach you how to handle your health naturally. And as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on and save big now when you hit the winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. 
healing the world with nature, one person at a time since 1988. Celebrating 25 years in service to the natural health care industry. We travel so much, and having a fake TV, well, it gives added peace of mind. Burglars look for houses that appear to be easy targets, but fake TV can fool even professional burglars into thinking someone is home watching television. As a recent widow living alone, it gives me great peace of mind to set my fake TV near a window and know that passing motorists and pedestrians will think someone is home watching TV when I'm actually away from home. Fake TV easily plugs into any outlet just like a light on a timer and they're so easy to use you just plug them in and they're ready to go plus they're so affordable that we have one upstairs and downstairs fake tv is only 34.95 order your fake tv by